Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Nola Pizza in the Nola Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In every field of human endeavor, there are people who change the game. You know some of their names, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, but there are many others who change the world and don't become celebrities. For example, can you name the person who invented the electric guitar or the person who invented traffic lights? You probably can't. Even though both of those innovations have really had more impact and more effect on the world than anything Elon Musk has created so far, here in New Orleans, you could accuse me of exaggerating the importance of a similar person because you've never heard of her. But you are almost certainly going to discover in time that Dr. Trivia Fraser falls into the same department of silent heroes. In the nexus of science and business, Dr. Fraser is known as the fat on a chip lady. She's called that because Dr. Fraser has made a scientific breakthrough that's changing the way medical research is conducted. Basically, Dr. Fraser's company, Obatala Sciences, is pioneering a technology that grows human fat outside of the human body. This technology allows researchers to create human tissue of different types so that drugs and medications can be tested on a wide demographic of humans from the very outset of research. It's hard to overstate what a monumentally big deal this is both in science and in the business of research and development of medications. Dr. Trivia Fraser, welcome out to lunch. Thank you, Peter. It's a pleasure to be here. And now I'd like to introduce you to someone who is not a fan of animal fat, or milk, or eggs, or cheese, or most non-plant-based foods. Claire Steiner is the founder and owner of a business called Clearly Vegan. Clearly Vegan is a vegan meal prep service that makes home-cooked vegan meals for delivery or pickup. Claire started the company in the middle of 2020, which you might remember was the era of the pandemic lockdown. Today, the company has a staff of six, three chefs and three delivery drivers. Claire Steiner, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. Great being here. Trivia, I did my best in the introduction to describe the science of what you're doing at Obatala Sciences. Normally, I would feel a bit uncomfortable inviting a world-class scientist to lunch and then make you talk about business. But in your case, I don't feel bad about that. Because while you were in the process of revolutionizing medical research, in your spare time, you went back to school and got an MBA <laughs> and incidentally graduated in the top 10% of your class. So let's start with the balance between science and business. On the one hand, you're a person who discovered and created the scientific breakthrough in medical research. On the other hand, you now employ a team of people and you have investors. I would imagine at some point, fairly soon, if it isn't already happening, Big Pharma is going to show up at your door and you're going to have to make some billion dollar decisions. As your company gets more successful, do you want to continue primarily being a scientist with a working knowledge of business or are you looking to become a CEO who has a grasp on the science? Uh, what do you see as the balance for yourself? 
great question. Um, I am essentially already a CEO that has a strong grasp of the science. And that is you know, the way things have continued to unfold as we grow. We're in a growth stage and we've essentially within the past six months started to engage with six of the world's largest chemical manufacturers and pharmaceutical companies in the world. Um, and it's been on the basis of either mimicking tissue to test their compounds or selling them products. And that has pulled me out of the, the lab, ironically, because of the need to engage with the customers, because of the need to grow the team and make sure that we have the funding to support you know, the capacity, all of those, those things. Um, so it's been exciting. It's been an arduous journey. Um, but it has been exciting. Claire, I don't know whether to blame my medication or the internet for this, but there seems to be an increasing blurring of reality and perception. It seems like just a few years ago that a very few of us knew what the word vegan meant, and even fewer of us were familiar with the concept of a plant-based diet. Now though, in New Orleans of all places, a city best known for cuisine built around butter, cream, meat and fish, you have a thriving vegan food business. I'm wondering if this is a business that could have worked equally well 20 years ago if you had started it then, or is perception actually reality in this case? Has it only been recently that vegan cuisine has exploded in popularity? And if so, why do you think that is? Absolutely, that's a wonderful question. I, I think truly in the last five years for sure that veganism as a lifestyle has really grown. I mean, obviously, you know, in the past, people have eaten a plant-based diet due to um, their culture or, you know, where they're from. But I think now that this really is where people are more aware of their health or aware of the environment, aware of, you know, all of the things that, you know, lead to, to our health and our wellness, that's really pushing this, this vegan kind of lifestyle. And uh, was New Orleans late to the party on this? Um, I, I'm not sure that we're, we're late. I think that we are a little slower accepting, but I don't know that we're late. I think, you know, we are, we are a small, big city. So all of the big cities, New York, Chicago, LA, you know, they're, they're, they're there. They're always there ahead of us, but we're here and we have plenty of there, there's a lot of vegan restaurants popping up. Um, I think it's it's getting others to understand what it's really all about and catching on that I think we're a little slower too. Now, trivia, I, I introduced this idea of fat on a chip. Can you explain to me what that is? <laughs> well, it's not literally some animal fat on a potato chip, which is which would the picture that the I, mind. yeah, yeah. I, I look at Claire, I'm like, I don't want to gross you out like that, but that, that is the picture that comes up, at least it came up before we started our online SEO campaign, you know, br raising brand awareness. That's what we came up when I would search for fat on a chip. Um, and I was repulsed by the picture myself, so I imagine you would be, Claire. Um, but essentially, you know, the on a chip concept is something that has been coined by folks who have been working with. So if you think of a silicon chip within a computer, 
um, it, the on-a-chip industry has been working to, to develop these miniaturized, like these very small um, substrates, essentially, you know, where cells are seated in what used to be a Petri dish. So people, you know, recognize a Petri dish. But now, but has worked towards putting that on a very small scale um, to which it's microliters in terms of the volume, the size. So it can be anywhere from an enclosed, what looks like a, a pill that you'd swallow, capsule, which we call a perfusion bioreactor. You apply flow across and there's cells, there's all these nutrients that keep cells happy on a small scale to something that looks like it's on a, a microchip inside of a computer. Um, so those there are different substrates for the on-a-chip reference, um, but in essence, it's basically any environment on a smaller scale by which cells are pretty much put into an environment that makes them happy. I liken it to an apartment complex where the cells are the people, people just going about their business, doing what they do, and the structure, the apartment complex, is what we call a scaffold, um, a hydrogel that we make at the company. We make a unique scaffold that's specific to humans that supports human cells and supports the way they grow. Um, and so when you combine them, you can have people from various backgrounds, you know, from one apartment complex to the next. Um, and you, have, you can have different cell types within a particular on a chip tissue, tissue type. You know, Claire, I think I was, when I was looking at your background of your company, one of the things that hit me is that you didn't have to make much a commit, of a commitment in the very beginning. You had some recipes that friends liked, you had some food that friends liked. What was the next step? Um, really, it has grown just so, just like you said, it has grown just organically, two recipes to start throwing it out there on social media you know one week was two items next week was three items which went from 10 customers to 15 customers and I did it as long as I could I mean I started this at home um, you know and I did it as long as I could until it was crazy and I had folding tables everywhere and I was <laughs> scrambling around and you know and finally I just said okay if I'm gonna this is really gonna be something I need a team I need an industrial kitchen um, so September, we, we went into the Carrollton Commissary. We started, you know, I, I, hi places have started I hired um, an executive chef uh, to help build recipes and create menus together. And so um, it's, we've just been moving forward since then. But social media enabled you to do a lot of things that didn't require a lot of upfront money. Like traditionally, you don't have a bricks and mortar. Uh, so you probably didn't have a pay a somebody to develop a marketing campaign, things like that. I mean, did that make you more confident? And uh, we talking about middle of 2020. So was that sort of one of the drivers in here too? Well, you know, I, I eventually um, got to a point where, I, I mean, I was doing it all, you know, doing it all myself, posting pictures of food, you know, reaching out to customers via social media, Facebook, Instagram. But eventually it got to where, you know, I have brought on, a, you know, a marketing team, a social media person, someone to really kind of get get that word out there. Now, um, I find that there I have a very specific demographic of customers, um, and 
all of them were very uh, were word of mouth. Um, but now it's we're trying we're trying to get New Orleans to to jump on the vegan train. So, you know, we I do now have a really great team that's you know helping think, us push forward. I think the train is coming. By the way, I think you're. It's gonna. <laughs> I think it's just a little ahead. I think that's terrific. What you're doing. Thank I, you. You know, um, trivia. When I was uh, thinking about, <laughs> you know, I'm picturing you in the lab and all of that. But now that you're out there trying to develop new clientele, who is it? Who is the clientele? Who mm-hmm. buys it? Right. So we work with um, large and small pharmaceutical companies, researchers who are basically, you know, working to advance the field. Um, and it extends well beyond obesity and diabetes as there's an increased risk for developing certain forms of cancer. So also cancer researchers, those who are developing cures for breast cancer, for prostate cancer, um, anywhere that the cancer grows in and around adipose tissue, those are our customers, those researchers in those areas. Well, true. Do you own the procedure or only know what to put my arms around is it is it yours yeah so we have patents um around our the components that go inside of our fat on a chip um and as we continue to look at other tissues and organs to mimic um in vitro we we're basically patenting the usage and application of our materials for that purpose you're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Dr. Trivia Fraser from the medical research company Obatala Sciences and Claire Steiner from vegan food kitchen and delivery service, Claire Lee Vegan. And, and Claire, I, I know the food is delicious and all that, but I'm, I'm so focused on um, the marketing side of it. Like I noticed, I always wanted to ask this question, you, you do pop-ups and uh, I love going to pop-ups and, and it's, you know, it's a lot of fun, but do you view that as something to make a profit at or just to kind of get the name out there? It's more of a, a networking ability to meet new people, have more exposure, um, just kind of get out in the community and, and let people know what we're doing. Almost like more an educational type of thing. Do I hope that they buy things? Great. But, you know, letting them know that this is out there, this is available, just all, you know, as much as exposure as we can. And But you've really... You know, you've really gone out and done, I mentioned no marketing, but for instance, you were able to hook up with Oshner in their, what is that, what is that uh, called? Eat Fit Nola. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eat Fit Nola. I mean, obviously they saw something in you. Yeah, that was really exciting. Um, they reached out to a uh, partner um, with us a, you know, a couple of months ago, um, and they've been a really great team to work with. So they've helped get our nutrition facts, you know, together. They're helping us, um, you know, kind of let their customers and clients know that we're available as a healthy food option. So you might both show up in a hospital. That's, I knew there was going to be some connection here. (laughs) I'm always trying to figure it out by the end of the show. They is vegan hospital takeover. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Um, just cause I'm so curious trivia, the name of the company, where does that come from? Yes. So, um, I am part Nigerian. And um, the West African and Yoruban, um, according to the Yoruban you know, culture, um, which is very real, I wouldn't say mythology for some people, um, the origin and source of the human body, the physical form, Obatala or Obatala, was tasked with forming the human body using naturally occurring materials, clay like a, like and a mud. Deity? Yep, okay, a deity, right. a deity. Yep, exactly, an African uh, Orisha or African god. 
Wow. Um, and so because Obatala used naturally occurring materials and we use naturally occurring biomaterials, we basically start from the human body and we mimic the human body. We thought it was fitting to name the company after Obatala. When I was looking at what you're doing, though, Claire, is can you get food seven days a week or you seem to have a different kind of system? We do. We really kind of push the meal prep kind of system where, you know, you can order as many or as few things as you like. But, you know, we because we work out of Carrollton Commissary at this point, um, you know, maybe in the future we hope to grow to where we are cooking five days a week or seven days a week. Um, but the way that it works is, you know, we, we, we share space. We share kitchen space with other companies, other startups that are doing the same thing. So our time there is, is limited. So we're kind of structuring the way you can order, how much you can order off of what's available to us. So, you know, we ask that you order Friday through Monday. We'll deliver your food on Tuesday. You can, like I said, you can order for the whole week. Or if you want just one item off the menu, we'll, you can still do that too. So you're getting uh, customers to, you know, work on the schedule you have. I mean, that's, yes. so that's a little bit of training. A little, it's, uh, a little they, bit. Uh, and I will say that there are people, <laughs> you know, we do offer, that, you know, to be food to be delivered later in the week. Um, but the food is all being prepared in the, f- the beginning of the week. So Mondays and Tuesdays we're there, we're cooking the food. There's, there is more food to be sold, but that, you know, those, the, f- the fresh meals are done in the beginning of the week. And this is kind of a more business decision. Do you have, do you deliver it or does Uber Eats come in or what do you do? We actually have a couple of uh, guys that we've contracted to come just work specifically for us. Trivia, one of the things we see when we, particularly in the medical side, when somebody makes a breakthrough here, is at some point, I don't know if it's because of partnerships or what it is, they feel like they have to leave New Orleans. You're a New Orleanian, you seem very committed to staying here. Can you do it? Yeah, so we, I mean, I have this conversation with investors, I have this conversation um, with folks from all over. I mean, you wouldn't believe I'm having a conversation with folks at the, um, the National Academy of Sciences about this. And it's you know about the needs, the challenges of growing a biotech business within you know a place that's largely known for food and tourism, or and even oil and gas for Louisiana more broadly, right? Um, and so I think being very vocal about those challenges and saying you know these are our needs that has helping it has helped us with opening some doors. Um, you know, the needs on infrastructure side, the needs on capital side, the needs on, you know, the workforce side. Um, we've been able to partner with some institutions, the academic institutions here, um, to leverage the existing resources. I think it's a little bit of both when you were speaking to why folks leave. Um, you know, if you get an investor that's based somewhere else, an investment group. I'm gonna keep an eye on you and out there. Exactly. Um, you know, for a number of folks, I know that's a part of the reason why they left. Others felt um, that, you know, and they reached a certain point by which they couldn't, say, access the capital that they needed. One of the things that worked in our favor in a way of timing as an opportunity or silver lining through the pandemic is, uh, you know, everything being virtual, right? So we can 
have conversations with investors, go through the due diligence process without having to travel. They don't have to, you know, come to us until they're really serious about making an investment in the company. And you've had, uh, we call angel investors, kind of give you a hand here, big, yes. big hand, million yes. bucks. There's yes, a, yes, we have. As you begin to get bigger in your scale, uh, will you need to start developing bank relationships and all that? I mean, that that's kind of a that's a line in the sand when you get to that point. It is. Um, I, I think the goal is yes to be. Able to, we definitely want those things. We definitely want to have you know companies come through and and want to be a part of what we're doing to help us expand. Um, I think we'd like to be able to move um, into doing some bigger things other than just local regional delivery. We'd love to get into packaged goods. We'd love to. Um, you know, possibly do some kind of vegan consulting. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we, we definitely are, are looking to, to grow as, as much as we can. If you grew, uh, one of the things people would ask is, do you want to go with a bricks and mortar situation? Or is there something else that's kind of bricks and mortar that would work for you? Yeah, I think ultimately um, I'm not looking, I don't want to own a restaurant. I don't, um, I, I, I was in the restaurant business for, 10 years more front more front of the house it's fun it's great um i I just i don't want to be limited to to the restaurant life of you know um you're there seven days a week i have young children um you know i want to be present for them i want to make i want to build this as much as i can but i also want to be there for them as much as i can as well what if you were in a place that um I was just thinking where there's a lot, like a St. Rock, for instance, mm-hmm. um, would that fit where you had a lot of other uh, Yeah, we've actually had some conversations with um, the guys over at Auction House Market. Um, I love their space. So um, it's something that we've, we've teetered with that idea. Um, you know, there's lots of things that go along with, with having a space. It's, you know, it's definitely a seven day a week thing, but um I think it would be. I think it would be fun. I think it would be a great uh, opportunity to kind of get the name out there, and yeah. I think that would uh, that would work. Uh, when now, trivia. The other, I'm bringing up all these problems that people have in your business in New Orleans. What about the skilled people you need to to hire? Are, are they here? Yes. So you know, Peter. I think one of the things that has also been overlooked about our great city. And Louisiana, really, is the concentration of medical schools, of engineering programs, um, both of which would provide a source of talent. Um, Those trainees that are matriculating through those programs, um, business schools, for us to have, you know, more than one business school here within the city. So we are partnering with those programs to basically get those fresh graduates um, I'm a, pro, uh, a product of the Tulane Biomedical Engineering Program, so we recruit folks, you know, that have been vetted through that program as well. Um, we're on the UNO campus, the University of New Orleans. You moved because you were, where were you before? We were at the Bioinnovation Center. Awesome. Yeah, and so we yeah. moved, we doubled our space. Um, and so, you know, it was a conscious decision with, that allowed us to have access to equipment and partnerships with uh, a number of professors and graduates. Um, that can help to, you know, fill that workforce, uh, our workforce needs. Yep. 
there absolutely is. It's, you know, I think for us, again, leveraging those programs, um, there's a way to get it done. Claire, if we were to have you back in two or three years, uh, which I would love to do, um, what do you, th- how would the organization be different? Wow. Um, I definitely hope to have, to be able to expand our, you know, deliver our local deliveries, um, clientele. Uh, but I, I also would hope to see clearly vegan products in our local grocery stores, possibly in some national grocery stores. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, that's where I, I, I foresee it going in, the next, in the next several years. I would love to have a nice a, a team that's, you know, a few more chefs. And, um, well, you know, one of the reasons I was asking this is that you've got the wind at your back uh, in terms of just, you know, just the way food is being consumed and, and all that. So I guess you have to be ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're ready. We're ready for the expansion. So <laughs> we hope it continues. Trivia, I'll ask you the same question. What do you, um, things have happened so fast. And by the way, Trivia, I, I know you're very humble, but I just wanted to point out, you were one of the, I guess you were the first uh, African-American woman to join that Dillard Tulane uh, biomedical side. And you're, I guess, still one of the few African-American women in biosciences. I mean, that, you know, yes. owns their, their facility and all. Yes, That's, yes. Um, congratulations on that. The, uh, Thank <laughs> you. But same question. What do you think? We come back two or three years from now. Uh, both of your industries are moving so fast. Yeah. As, what do you think? Yeah, the industry, as you're pointing out, is absolutely moving fast. Um, that said, I am ambitious in my team yeah, as I, well. You know, I kind of knew that. Yeah, yeah I think you kind of figured that out. <laughs> um, so in two or three years, I think when the world thinks of diversity in research, I want them to think of Obatala Sciences. Um, I want us to be a world-recognized leader in research within obesity because, you know, there's such a need there, there's a gap, and we're there, like, primed and ready to fill that gap. So working with the leaders across the world that we're working with, absolutely it can happen. And it started here. It started that's here. Pretty, that's pretty terrific. We know that every living being on Earth makes some sort of contribution to our shared existence on the planet. If we had the technology to record it, a true and complete record of life on Earth would include every single action each one of us takes. But we don't have a way to even process that kind of data collection. And so, to make sense of our world, we write our history based on broad stroke big picture descriptions. Some of these are major headlines that in the fullness of time turn out to have been fleeting and insignificant. And then there are the quiet achievements that don't make headlines at all. Victories and triumphs that go unheralded, but which turn out to be life-changing for the people that they touch. Trivia and Claire, both of you modestly and without any desire for special recognition are in your own ways making a huge difference in the lives of many people. A trivia, your contribution to human health is on a potentially worldwide scale. Claire, your contribution is to the health and wellness of one person at a time. It has been an honor and a pleasure to meet you both, and thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you, Peter. It's been a pleasure. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dr. Trivia Fraser, President and CEO of 
Ovatala Sciences and Claire Steiner, the owner of Clearly Vegan. Uh, we edited this show to fit into our time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Trivia's fat and Claire's food by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast wherever you get podcasts and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. Today's show is engineered by Blake Longlinay. And, by the way, the inventor of the electric guitar was Paul Tutmark, and the inventor of the traffic light was Garrett Morgan. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed. And at MitchellForeman.com. 